Diary. Today, I interviewed Mark, the president of the mascot company. He gives me the inside scoop on how he runs the company and how he provides safe and comfortable mascot costumes. Take a listen. Alrighty, so how long have you been making mascot suits? Well, I personally have been involved with mascots for a very long time with the fear of dating myself. I've been doing this since uh, late 1989. Um, I was actually managing a mascot uh, back then for a AAA baseball team in the Pacific Coast League called the Calgary Tannins. And then from there, I uh, I was an intern there and I moved on to uh, working in some various jobs, but uh, a local who is now my competitor, (laughs) a local um, manufacturer came to me and said, Hey, would you like to, you know, work for me to be your marketing and to be the marketing and sales director? And I did. That was back in 1996. So that's when I actually got into manufacturing mascots and getting into the fabrication and and manufacturing. of it. What makes you want to get into this career path, like actually making the suits? Like what interested you in that? I know you kind of explained, but maybe a little bit more detail. Well, yeah. So the, I, I guess my background, I've always been interested in sports mostly. Um, you know, I like professional sports, college sports, et cetera, et cetera. And, and this was an opportunity. I was looking for a career change. It was a, it was an opportunity for me to get into it uh, and, and speak to, you know, pro sports teams and, and colleges and so on. And that was my passion, you know, for lack of uh, any ability to actually become a professional athlete, <laughs> you know, I, we're not all blessed with that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, this was the closest way that I could get into it. And, and it just sort of took off from there. Uh, so getting into the making mascots was never really on my radar per se. I just, it just sort of fell into my lap and I, and I took it to another level. Sounds awesome. So let's get into making the suits. I mean, how long does it take to make the suit? Well, that, of course, will vary with client to client because uh, because we make custom mascot costumes, there are never two costumes that are alike. So, you know, if we make a, a dog for the Los Angeles Sparks, for instance, we, we will not make a dog, uh, the same dog for another, uh, another team or, or company anywhere else. So it will be customized. So depending on the artwork process, typically costume takes anywhere from eight to 12 weeks to produce. Um, now, you have to understand that the majority of that actually comes into the design and the, and the specifications and so on. The physical actually building the costume only takes a few days. So it only takes uh, anywhere from you know, a week to 10 days to actually put it together. It's all the preparation that goes into it that takes the time to, to make sure that we get it right. Yeah, no, understandable. How many people would you say are are working on the suit like at one time? So, because I mean, a couple of days. I mean, that's yeah, crazy, like... yeah. Well, that's a, that's a really good question. Now, the the interesting part, the interesting thing about the way we do uh, our work is that I only hire artisans that can do the entire costume from head to toe. So. So in other words, if you come to me and say, hey, Mark, you know what? I need a mascot costume. Great. Once we decide to move forward with it, we assign the best person to that job. And that person will create the mascot from head to toe. In other words, that person has to have the skills to not only be 
uh, seamstress or tailor, you know, to be able to sew and put fabrics together. But they also need to have the ability to be able to sculpt the foam, cut the foam, glue it, put it together. And they also have to have a little bit of a, well, I would say a soft engineering background, not a, not a hard engineer, but just uh, to be able to put things together. And the advantage of that is that all the pieces that are manufactured by uh, our, our uh, creative team are all fit together perfectly because that person knows how they're going to approach it. There are other ways of doing it where there will be a props department, which will do nothing but heads. And uh, and a body department, which will do nothing but bodies. Another department that will do nothing but feet. My company works a little bit differently in that when a client comes back to me a few years down the road and they say they want a second costume or they need a refurbishment or a repair, that same person who actually created the costume from its origins will be working on that character and that costume. So they'll know it intimately inside and out. Oh, yeah, that's amazing to me. And I mean, as someone who <laughs> it's very little, but I, I, I make some stuff like I make my own costumes and stuff. So working with foam, if you've never done it before, even the big soft fuzzy foam, I think that's like yeah. the hardest. It's it's really hard. That is like a it can skill. get tricky because <laughs> it doesn't cooperate. <laughs> exactly. And it, and it wants to bend the way it wants to bend. And, and you know, you cut it one way, you go, oh that didn't work <laughs> to start over again. So if you don't know what you're doing, it can be, it can be challenging. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> but it's okay. Cause I'm like, just making my own stuff. <laughs> but yeah, that's, I think that's amazing. And just credit to everyone who makes uh, your costumes and works with foam, especially because yeah, everyone knows. Well, trouble yeah. <laughs> and, and it's not only foam, it's, it's rubber because we put rubber soling on the, on the bottoms of the feet we put helmets on the inside of the mascot. You know, we're working with acrylic plastic to shape and mold the eyes. Paint, uh, because there are certain pieces on it where we will paint them, airbrushing, dyeing, and all that. So sometimes there's fights in the back shop. Hey, I, I need the air, uh, the airbrush. Well, uh, you know, you have to wait your turn kind of thing. But, but we all get along, and we're all a big fuzzy family that, uh, that really get along, and we, uh, we tend to work very well together. And so can you explain the design process a little bit more when someone comes to you, like whether they're really well prepared and they have their notes or whether they just have no idea? I mean, yeah, well, you know, the design process is basically this, you know, we, you know, someone will call me and say, Hey, I need a mascot. And then I'll, I'll talk to them. I am the president of the company, but uh, my role is actually, to speak to all of my customers because I think that, uh, you know, no one in the company would be as passionate as I am about making sure that that customer has been taken care of. So I actually interview every single request for a mascot that comes in because that's, and that's my job. Uh, That's what I do. I leave the accounting and it's something to everybody else. But uh, so the first step is basically to find out what the client needs and what they, their expectations are not only of how it looks, but how the, the costume will perform and in what situations they need it to perform. Because you may, you know, you can, you can imagine that there's a, there's a big wide discrepancy between what the San Jose Sharks of the National Hockey League will require out of their mascot versus uh, a local company who only wants to use their, their costume in parades three or four times a year. And not that the the costumes 
our costumes anyway would, would, would differ in quality or the way we approach how we make it. It's their design is typically it. So I have to talk about them saying, well, look, you know, when you want a big ice cream cone walking around, okay, but that ice cream cone uh, character isn't going to be able to do backflips and slam dunk basketballs and slide into second base and, you know, do those sorts of things. So, so that's the first step. We have to determine expectations and needs. Then we determine, you know, whether that's a feasible design. Uh, and of course, that discussion goes back and forth. The next step is to, well, now I'm talking about we've already done a quote at this point. We've already decided to go forward with this, but we will, uh, we'll, we'll start to do artwork. So from there, we will say, okay, uh, our artists will, will draw a conceptual drawing based on what their needs and expectations are for the character. And then we will create a design strategy as to how we're going to approach it, how we're going to build the costume, almost like a, a blueprint design um, when you're building a house to, to say, hey, you know what, this, is, this, is, this wall goes here and this wall goes there. It's very similar in the mascot process. What kind of materials we're going to use for it? What specific furs? How we're going to approach it? Uh, where's the vision going to be? Typically, it's through the mouth. Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then from there, um, we, we order fur and materials and, and put it into production and away they go. That's amazing. And I do think that it, it comes down to what is this being used for and what does it need? I mean, if you're going to be doing stunts and everything, I, that needs to be taken into consideration. And um, sure. yeah, it's just and, and teamwork. <laughs> the, the biggest challenge, the biggest challenge when, when we get a request coming in is, you know, people say, well, here's my logo. Make my logo as my mascot. And my, and I, I'm, I'm developing a bit of a re- reputation uh, in, in, the, in the industry that I don't tell people what they want to hear necessarily. I tell them what they need to hear. <laughs> and one of the things that people need to hear is that your mascot should not be your logo. It should wear your logo. And, and that's a, a very difficult thing because if you're making a, a character for a logo, a brand, that doesn't necessarily translate well into being a mascot itself. You have to sort of think outside the box a little bit. You have to be um, a little bit more creative that way. You know? So it, it, becomes, uh, it becomes a bit of a challenge because uh, people come in with expectations and I sort of take them off into a different direction. 90% of the time they get it and they, and they, they're happier when they, <laughs> when they listen to me, I've been doing this long enough that I know the difference, but you know, a lot of times it's challenging because I, I might put some people off by saying, no, I, I don't want to make a, a tree mascot for you because a tree doesn't make any sense. You know, we should put a bird in the tree. That would make more sense. Right. Yeah, definitely. And <laughs> yo, yeah, I like that, that process and not to be mean to anyone, but <laughs> I mean, it's cool when you see those ice cream mascots, I guess, and they're cute and funny. And the cow, the Chick-fil-A cow makes a lot of sense. But I mean, when it's just like a sign, like I think the Best Buy sign has a mascot and it's just the sign. And I'm just like, what? With arms and legs. I don't know. Yeah, they're, they're better off not doing that. And, and the other, the big thing for us, uh, what is sacrosanct when we're creating a character is the safety of the performer on the inside. And people who aren't professional mascot designers don't understand that 
sometimes they don't understand that there's actually a person inside that structure that has to walk around. That person has to be safe, first and foremost. They have to be comfortable, um, and they have to be able to move around. Um, I, I once received a, a, a request from a college. Uh, it was a southern United States, uh, from the southern United States, and they were a Bible college. And their request to me was, please make us a Bible as a mascot. Now, <laughs> the blasphemy <laughs> aside, <laughs> I, I, yeah. <laughs> I, I said, no, I, I don't want to make that mascot for you because basically all I'll be doing is making you a box. How will the performer walk around in that box? How will, you know, you'll stick your hands through it. Your arms will fall asleep. If the person fall happens to trip and fall over, they can't put their hands out to stop themselves. They're going to bounce on the ground. You can't get through wall. Can't get through doors. Um, you can't store it. You can't. You know. So there's there's lots of things like that to consider that people don't really do. They don't consider when they call us. They say, "I just want to make a you know, I want to be a lighthouse." Okay, <laughs> a lighthouse is a big tall tube. You know, you shouldn't probably go in that direction with the character. <laughs> No, yeah, and I I understand. I mean, and hopefully once they talk to you, that they understand as well. I mean, so. Well, yeah, I I have lost some deals for it. I have lost some clients because they know they insist on getting a well, a lighthouse, for instance. But uh, at the end of the day, I I at least have given them pause to you know uh, think about what they're getting, and and hopefully when they get the costume that. I told them not to get, they'll phone me up later on and say, yeah, we should have listened to you from, uh, from the get go. And that has happened. That has happened. Yeah. And you want to put something out that you support and you're behind. So, and if that's not a lighthouse, then. <laughs> yeah. Well, our name is on every piece that we, we create and, uh, and I will not, uh, and I insist that we do not put out an inferior product. Uh, there have been some instances where I've gone, you know what? They're rare, uh, but sometimes we get something. I just go, yeah, you know what? I don't think this was the expectation. Usually we catch that well in advance. And I say, look, you know what? I think the, the head's too big. Uh, it's too heavy. We have to do something or other to, to make the change. And, and usually uh, we catch that before it ever gets out into to the client because uh, we, we make sure that that's our brand and that's our pride. And, and uh, we make sure we give the, our clients the best possible mascot and so talking about weight or what do you think a suit should weigh and what do you try and give your customers so that they're able to move well, in the costume? well what it should weigh <laughs> that that's a that's a difficult one you know it should weigh as little as possible i've had uh, some clients come up to me and say geez our mascot is so heavy uh the head alone weighs 12 15 pounds we can't move around in it. Uh, the body is too big, et cetera, et cetera. So my mandate to my, my creation, uh, my creationists, <laughs> as I like to call them, is to create our costumes to make sure that from head to toe, they weigh less than 14 pounds. And the majority of that weight comes from the feet up, feet to the waist, Whereas the head itself will likely weigh, I would hazard a guess, probably as much as a as a large basketball, like a, a professional size basketball. So it's very very lightweight. 
so our target is about you know 14 to 15 pounds but we mandate it to be as as light as possible sometimes that's not always possible because um you know, depending on the accessories that the that the character will want, we just made a an alligator for a, a college in Washington State, and it was a little bit heavier because they wanted muscles in the body. They wanted a big alligator tail, which of course is an alligator, so it's going to be a little bit heavier. Yeah. But uh, for the most part, we're never we're never higher than fifteen pounds. Yeah, and the tail tails always amaze me. It's like, how do you walk around with that thing? I don't and. I don't even know how that part of the suit works. <laughs> I have yet to have someone with. I don't think I've had any. There, there's different ways of there's different ways of doing it. Sometimes, you know, we'll have requests that, you know, the character will sometimes want to wear the tail. Sometimes they won't. So, for instance, if it was a dog and he's wearing shorts, uh, they want the ability to take the tail off so that they can put put shorts on. And then sometimes he'll walk around with no shorts on and the tail will be hanging out. Sometimes we make them detachable. Sometimes we make them permanently attached. Uh, that, that Again, that's a customization that uh, the, the client will drive that request. That's cool. <laughs> I've n- I didn't even think about that. Like, I've never even noticed like, oh, he doesn't have his tail today. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Sometimes that happens. Uh, you know, I, I, I prefer to say, you know, let's do, do one or the other because it's just an extra piece that you have to worry about. And yeah. Sometimes <laughs> like, oh, I lost my tail. Where is it? <laughs> or I forgot it at home or, or something. But again, uh, that's, that's up to the client. Those things aren't too indicative of, of a good or bad character. They just, you know, those are just a little accessory pieces. And do you have a character that maybe is your favorite that you've created or that you've put out? Oh boy, that's a dangerous question because <laughs> if any of my clients hear it and it's not them, <laughs> they'll they'll be calling me up. Well, I have to say that I think the the most challenging character that we've ever created was for the San Jose Barracuda. Uh, of the uh, American Hockey League uh, in San Jose, California. And so I'm not going to say it's my favorite, but it was the most challenging one for many reasons because we were, we had to really, um, we had to really serve several different masters there. Uh, Again, the performer, uh, we had to, to make sure the team was happy, but there was also a sponsor involved that we had to be uh, appeased. And, uh, and and let alone the fact that you wanted to make a barracuda that could walk on land, right? So <laughs> the barracuda had to have arms and legs, which in that nature they typically don't. So if you take a look at the San Jose Barracuda mascot, it's based on the uh, Barracuda Network's sponsorship. It has elements of the Barracuda Network's logo in it. It takes into account the San Jose Barracuda's, the team's logo itself. It's very, very lightweight. It's very, very mobile. And it's unique in a sense that the vision through it is amazing. There's vision through the entire head, which we're very, very proud of. And and we're very, very proud of how that came together because it took a long time to get that one together. And that's an example of one that took a lot longer than normal. But I think the end result was uh, a fantastic mascot. No, I I know which one you're talking about. I'm I'm not a Sharks fan or their affiliates fan, but yeah, yeah. Um, I'm a Kings Fren- fan. Frenzy, Frenzy is his name. Yeah, Frenzy <laughs> the Barracuda. Yes, but I do like I love all mascots. So I love Sharky and I love Frenzy. And I 
I think his costume is really interesting. I actually wanted to send him mascot mail, which is, you know, I send him a few stickers from the show and uh, I try and put mm-hmm. their face on the back of the envelope that I send it in. And I was like, I can't even send this out because I don't know how <laughs> I don't know how I would draw it on there because uh, I don't yeah. know. But I do find it very interesting. And he, I think he's a cool character. So, yeah. yeah. You know, and normally we take great pride in making sure that once uh, a client signs off on the artwork concept that we create, that our costume ends up being as exact as possible to that artwork concept. In this case, it was a little bit different because as we were drawing the character and as we were doing it, we we never really had a finished product, a finished piece of artwork that we could go off of because we were doing little pieces here and there. So it was, okay, the nose needs to look like this and and the eyes need to look like this and the head a fin needs to look like this. <laughs> and so we have like four or five different pieces of sketches that how we put it together. And that's not, uh, not a typical way of how we put these things together. <laughs> so uh, we're, I, I'm very proud of that, uh, that piece. And our team is very fond of frenzy. And have you ever received any like strange requests? I, I mean, a Bible is pretty odd, but <laughs> I don't know any other. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, you know, we we get this all the time. I mean, I've 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 actually been involved in making popped popcorn kernels. And that one was, was pretty interesting because uh, when when I was before I started the mascot company, I was working for another company as I mentioned, and the the local scouts had come to us and said, "Well, well, we're selling popcorn door to door." I don't know if they do that in the United States, but they do that in Canada to raise funds for the scouts. And they said, we wanted two popcorn kernels. So that was very, very interesting. Created those. Those were very, very big. And I don't think I'd ever do them again. (laughs) I've done, I've had requests to do grocery bags for grocery store chain. And the bags would be full of groceries. And they actually wanted us to actually go and use real boxes of raisin bran and (laughs) real cartons of milk and so on. Those are those are a little weird, and uh, and again, I, I did reference the lighthouse earlier as well. So uh, yeah, there, there's there's some some weird requests out there. They, and again, a lot of people think, well, just because it's on a logo, we can build it. Well, not, not hold on, <laughs> that's not always the case. <laughs> Do you know? I'm sorry, I'm stuck on the. <laughs> I get stuck on the oddest things. Like, did the popcorn kernels actually like go around from door to door because they don't have that here? No mascots are wa- are knocking at my door. <laughs> but I think that would be yeah. Awesome. <laughs> no, they 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 used it to promote, and of course, you know, and, and that's the biggest difference between a, a mascot and a costume. Yes, uh, a mascot is a brand, and and they use that to promote um, the 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 popcorn campaign typically they didn't go door to door to sell popcorn with the mascots although that would have been an interesting marketing <laughs> gimmick i thought that might that might work for them i don't know Definitely. <laughs> might scare people into submission right <laughs> be like oh you brought a mascot or a character with you i know i kind of use those interchangeably and i shouldn't but <laughs> right right <laughs> but yeah i would definitely buy some <laughs> yeah yeah I, I think uh you know i a lot of the times, you know, people will call me and, and the most mundane things are, are things that uh, people don't consider. You know, I always try to steer people away. I try to steer clients away from 
inanimate object characters, such as popcorn and grocery bags and lighthouses, uh, because I don't find that uh, they have what I call the huggability factor, which is uh, the huggability factor is direct. Uh, a mascot is as huggable, directly proportional to the amount of fur. <laughs> right? <Yes>. And <laughs> nobody really wants to go up and hug a building or a book. Uh, they're, they're far more likely to, to hug uh, a teddy bear or uh, a big dog or, or something furry, uh, you know, that that's more appealing. The other thing I always try to steer people away from doing is human characters. And, you know, there's a, there's a preponderance of human characters out there. You know, the knights, the colonels, uh, the, the Spartans, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And in today's day and age, what a lot of customers are, are forgetting or, or they, don't, they don't take into consideration is uh, political correctness. And it's an unfortunate sort of byproduct of, of our society now that we have to make sure, I don't know if it's unfortunate, but we certainly have to make sure that if a school is the, the senators, for instance, that if we're going to make a character for them, it has to be inclusive and representative of the entire student body. Yes. You know, it, it shouldn't be just automatically a white male character, Right. And those are some of the things that people don't really take into consideration because you run the risk of alienating someone of gender, of, of color, of nationality, et cetera. And, and that's one of the things that I always caution my clients against. And if, for instance, they are the colonels, I would suggest to them, well, why don't we do an eagle? Because the eagle is actually the symbol for the rank of colonel in the U.S. military. So why don't we do that? We'll always try to find an alternative for them to consider before we'll jump into doing a human character or an inanimate object. I think that makes a lot of sense. And or do you find that many companies or universities or whatever it may be ask for maybe a female mascot as well? How, about how many requests do you get for that? Well, surprisingly, not as many as I would have thought. The funny thing about that is, and I always say, look, don't, don't split your brand. Your, your, your mascot is a branding tool. Try and come out with a mascot that is as generic as possible from a, from a gender point of view. So let's take Sparky for the, for the Los Angeles Sparks, for instance. Yes. Sparky is a golden retriever dog. There is nothing on Sparky that suggests whether the character is a male or a female. The name Sparky isn't necessarily a male or female name either. However, 90% of the time, even though Sparky is representing a female basketball team, 90% of the time, Sparky would be referred to as a he it's it's something that I think people tend to typically say, well, mascots act really goofy. Women are a heck of a lot more poised and mature than men. So the mascot must be a man because <laughs> female mascots don't act that goofy. They're much more poised. <laughs> yeah, so I, I think know. that might explain it. Yeah, I don't know. And uh... I, I guess because mascoting is mainly male predominant career path. I mean, out of, I don't know, I think I've interviewed maybe five women in my 30 episodes. Wow. So, 
Well, 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 yeah, when I was, you know, and the funny thing is, is when I was managing um, the mascot program for uh, the Calgary Cannons way back when, the best mascot I had was, uh, her name was Ruth, and she was fantastic. Out of the four or five uh, people that I managed, she was actually the best mascot, and I tried to use her as much as possible because she was so good. But yeah, I mean, it, it seems to be a male-dominated a male-dominated industry. I, I don't know why. I don't think that there's any. Again, maybe maybe you got to be a little touched to be a mascot. You have to be a little bit on the crazy side. So uh, maybe more more men are that way than than women. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's funny because you're you're working with kids and I know the sports aspect. I mean, obviously, that's intriguing to guys, I guess, I, not to be like sexist or anything, but you're also working with children and, you know, a majority of teachers out there are women. So I don't know. In that mm-hmm. sense, it just made me think. So I don't know. <laughs> it seems odd, but yeah, I, I, I don't really know. Uh, you know, I always encourage uh, my um, uh, collegiate clients to to use a diversity of of uh, people and to look at it, keep the character consistent, keep the characters' behaviors consistent, but certainly open up the uh, the competition to uh, as many people as possible because you never know what you're going to get, and males and females should be equal in that regard. I think. Yes, <laughs> and. What other materials besides fur do you use? Maybe like in the costume that you wouldn't normally think, oh, that goes into a costume. Well, well, I I could tell you all those secrets, but then I'd have to kill you. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) No. Uh, Well, you know, basically we, we try to source the furs to be, you know, the most durable furs possible. We tend to use, well, they're synthetic, but they're natural looking fur. I tend to like those better than the colored plushes and so on, depending on the character. The interior of the costume, we use a special foam that um, is uh, is only a, a quarter of an inch thick, uh, so that uh, works for the uh, for the the weight. Uh, but it's a closed cell foam, so in other words, the foam does not uh, absorb any water. It actually repels water. This is for the head. I'm talking about. Yeah. And uh, and it doesn't break down over time. One thing I, I cannot say that my mascots are is environmentally friendly because they don't break down. They do not decompose. This is good from a mascot point of view because, uh, first of all, the water won't get in it. Therefore, it won't rot. Um, our, our costumes are impervious, really, to all the elements. In fact, um, S.J. Sharkey of the San Jose Sharks went for a swim in uh, San Francisco Bay not long ago uh, in his costume. And I, and I called him crazy because he almost died. And I don't, I don't recommend doing that. <laughs> but the, the materials that are built are used because, A, they last a long time. They don't, they don't absorb water. They're easily washable that way, so they won't smell as bad. But really at the end of life as well, so four or five years down the road, once you've got a mascot from the mascot company, you know, you're going to be able to reuse that same head. So what you'll do is you'll send it back to me. We'll just peel off the, the, the fabrics, which do wear away after time. And the, the head structure itself will still remain intact. So with a few little repairs here and there, we'll just cover the, the head with new fur, or new material, and it will be as good as new. So, so that's why we do that. Uh, the body itself, we, we line it with uh, 
uh, a liner on the inside of the fur so that the, the performer is protected with a layer of wicking material. Usually it's a cotton blend material that wicks away perspiration and it keeps them from chafing on the rough side of the fabric as well, the fur as well. Our shoes, our feet, uh, depending on how you do it, typically we'll do a nylon upper uh, for the shoe that Velcros down to a base. The base is made of a, of a rubber soling material. The, the straps that uh, we use, so we'll do the, we'll do the bases uh, a little bit differently for different people. So professional mascots will typically use their own running shoes, which we will affix into the base of a shoe because they're the only person that's going to be wearing that, that costume. If it's for uh, a high school, a college, or someone who you're going to have multiple performers within the costume, we will make a strapping system on the inside where that performer can wear their own shoe, uh, their own running shoe, strap it in to secure it, and then and then put the cover down over it. So it'll be used uh, that way. The, the My entire mascot is washable. The body is machine washable. The head, obviously, not going to throw that in the washing machine. But uh, the head will, uh, you know, you can wash it in the shower, put a little bit of baby shampoo on it, rinse it off in the shower, let it air dry, and, and it's good to go in a day or so. That's amazing. I don't know. I... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's what we want to do, right? We we don't want to make uh, a new mascot for someone every two years. We want them to come back to us in five years and say, "Hey, you know, we want to refurbish it. We want to keep those those clients going in the same same design, the same costume." So we get it right the first time, and they keep coming back. No, oh, yeah, definitely. And I just think that's fascinating. Just the behind. I love behind the scenes information. So thank you, thank you for that. And oh, you're quite welcome. So do you make more than just costumes? Do you have any props or maybe different costumes that the mascot can wear? Yes. So, uh, and again, I'll go back to Sharky of the San Jose Sharks. He is always coming to me with some, some great ideas. I love him as a client. He's my longest client. He's my oldest client. And every year we're doing something, some type of project. So uh, I'll use him as a perfect example. So Sharky will wear his uh, game jerseys, his uh, his hockey jerseys, uh, and so on. But every now and again, he'll come to me and he'll say, hey, I want to be Evil Knievel. So uh, we'll make him an Evil Knievel costume. I want to be a superhero. And uh, we created two superhero costumes for him. One was uh, Spider-Man. One was uh, Captain America, <laughs> and he actually received a cease and desist letter from Marvel <laughs> because oh it was too close to the character, so he couldn't wear those anymore, or he had to get permission. I can't remember what it was, but but uh, and then the, the, the funniest part was he he repels down from the ceiling every now and again from games or prior to games rather, and uh, he he once came to me and he said, and this is our our this is our relationship. He'll fold me up and he'll and he'll just say, hey. So imagine a mirrored disco ball. And I went, what are you talking about? He said, well, let's say that I was to make a costume that had all those little mirrors all over it so that when I repel from the ceiling, the spotlights will come on. It'll look like a disco ball. (laughs) 
we didn't make that one because it was gonna weigh. It was gonna end up weighing about five hundred pounds. So we oh said, gosh. no, we probably don't want to do that. But those are the kinds of things that we'll come up with, and 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 we're very happy to do that. You know, Santa Claus outfits, which are kind of easy, but you know, we'll do uh, uh, tearaway jerseys for people. We'll do Batman costumes, R two D two, whatever they want. We'll we'll do it. We'll do it. The only thing that the only thing that limits us there is 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 budget and common sense. I think. <laughs> no, yeah, but it sounds awesome. And yeah. like I said, not a Sharks fan, but I love Sharky. Like, and anyone who repels from the top of buildings, oh my goodness, that is very scary. <laughs> I'm afraid of heights. So I I had the opportunity last year actually to go up onto the catwalk with him, and and I'm based out of Calgary, Alberta, Canada. So I was down there on a trip to to deliver the Barracuda's mascot actually. And, uh, and I was up on the catwalk with Sharky prior to a game as he was rappelling down. And I just went, oh, my, I was just my heart was in my throat as he was just jumping over the catwalk and rappelling all the way down the ice surface. It was quite incredible, and quite exasperating. Ask <laughs> me. No, yeah, I'm uh, I, I hope to get out to a Sharks game like one of these days because I'm a huge Kings fan. So I would probably go see the Kings and um and yeah, definitely want to check out Sharky and, and what he does. I've heard great things and maybe even a Barracuda's game. So that'd be awesome. <laughs> that would be fun. It's uh trust me, it's, it's always a, it's a, it's a great experience being up there and, uh, and uh, going being treated by any mascot or seeing mascots in action is always fun. Uh, you know, mascots are, are again, they're an extension of the brand. I truly believe they should be a revenue generator for anybody who gets a mascot. They shouldn't just be something standing on a street corner waving at traffic going by. <laughs> they should be an active participant in the marketing and the branding of any company and any and any uh, organization. And uh, you can certainly tell the people who do it right because they do it very well and it, and, it, and it pays off in spades. No matter what you pay for the character to begin with, you should be getting that back uh, many times over. Yes. And any advice for people that are seeking jobs in, you know, costume making? Don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm uh, yeah, no, I think that uh, one of the things, like I said, it, it's uh, to make costumes is one thing to make mascots is quite another. Um, making a mascot, uh, you know, certainly takes it one step further because uh, the costume a costume to me is something that people will wear to basically hide their identity and be part of a crowd. And it's a one-off kind of thing every now and again, whereas making a mascot itself is a brand extension. And it's something that is a tool and a marketing tool that should be, should be treated as such. Um, so when you're getting into creating a, a mascot, what I would suggest is that you hone your skills from top to bottom. I mean, certainly with uh, the mascot company, we, we only hire people that know how to do everything. So that talent pool is very shallow. There's not very many people that we can hire that do that. Certainly we will train as we go along, but you sort of need some artistic skill and it all comes down to being art artistic and, and imaginative and being willing to try different things for different things. Um, you know, different ways of approaching things and different ways of, of, uh, of putting things together uh, and having an open mind. That's the best way to go about it. And uh, just be creative. And what's the hardest thing about making a mascot costume? I think you mentioned it before, but we're, this is just what I end with. So. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
The hardest thing about making a mascot, I think, is taking a two-dimensional drawing and making it into a three-dimensional costume. Um, and the body, the body, not so much. The head, mostly. So getting the depth, getting the accuracy uh, correct, that's the hardest part about doing it. And, and that's one of the things that I take pride in uh, with uh, my team. Uh, and I think they do a very, a very good job of doing that. And what's the best part about making a costume? <laughs> well, seeing it come to life. And seeing it, uh, you know, we, we ship an empty shell, basically. Once the character is in the hands of the client and once we can see them on YouTube um, and dancing, uh, you know, and in your neck of the woods, the Santa Cruz Warriors, Maverick, we, we did him, the L.A. Sparks, uh, uh, the Cypress College, uh, Chargers, uh, San Jose Sharks, San Jose Barracuda, et cetera. Once we deliver the costume and then we see it come to life, that's just, I, I don't have children, but I, I think that's probably the closest that I could ever come to seeing uh, something come to life and go, wow, we created that and it's bringing joy to so many people. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> I'm like that. I, I made a few little props for some mascots and that's just like the best feeling in the world. It's like, oh, I made that. And it's like on a promo or something. <laughs> it's a good feeling, isn't it? It's yeah. a really good feeling. And which mascots inspire you the most? Inspire me the most? Well, you know, I always am partial to... Most most mascot companies want to go after these big clients. And we certainly have some big clients. Um, the Chicago Bears, the Miami Dolphins, the San Jose Sharks, etc. But where I really get uh, my motivation and inspiration is when there's a, a community group or a high school or a local community college that really wants to make a difference and they want to make a mascot. And when we make the mascot and for them that, that comes out and, and, and is part of the community and is embraced, um, that really inspires me because these folks are open to ideas they, they're able to listen uh, to some good direction. And when they take that advice and they take it to another level on their own, it is fantastic. And uh, it's, it's, a, it's really inspirational to see people make a success out of their mascot when they may or may not have had a mascot before. And they come to us and they, they come to us with hat in hand and they say, help us. And we're able to help them. And they take our advice and they take it to the next level. That's just so great. Any shout outs? <laughs> That's always how I end. Shout outs to anyone in the world. <laughs> Shout outs to anyone in the world. Timmy P, you know who I'm talking about. Uh, and, uh, and Mike Maskey. Just uh, <laughs> hope, I hope you're listening and I hope, uh, I hope you're, uh, you're loving life. Awesome. And I just want to thank you for taking the time to chat with me. Like I say, I'm, this is why I do this podcast. I mean, there's many reasons. It's like for advice, for other mascots and just to get the behind the scenes stories and stuff and for other podcasters. But I really do like just the behind the scenes stories and what goes into it. Cause a lot of people don't realize so much hard work and effort goes into things like every day, every day, you know? So I don't know. Thank you for your time. It is a complete pleasure. And um, uh, yeah, I, I would love to do it again soon. 
And that was it for episode number 31. I still haven't recorded any more, so uh, we might just get to 35. I've reached out to a few people, but it's been crazy. And I know, I mean, the times that I'm giving them aren't ideal and it's like not a lot of time to like work with. So we'll see. So really don't be shy if you are a mascot and you would like to be on the show or if you know someone that's willing to be on the show give them my email it's contact at mascotdiaries.com yeah warning this is probably going to go for a while because i had like too many mascot adventures so shout out to sparky of the la sparks i went to his birthday party last thursday it was july 20th and it was super fun i got hooked up with tickets and i'm not gonna lie like i i was amazed I was so close to buying my own tickets because I wasn't sure what the situation was going to be. I was like, all right, well, I'm just going to do this and then I'm going to go get my tickets, right? Because I hadn't heard anything. And I'm not the type of person to be like, oh yeah, like, uh, can I have those free tickets? Or I don't know. Like, And I would rather buy my own tickets and buy good seats and be given tickets in the 300 section or something of staples center so luckily someone contacted me and was like hey are you still coming to the game and i was like yes and then they were like i'll leave you tickets at will call and i was amazed when i saw the tickets i was like oh cool like 100 section whatever and i didn't realize that the rows were numbered and then like my ticket said row a so i was actually like on the floor but it wasn't like courtside i was behind like the front row of sponsors i guess which is amazing i will probably never ever experience that ever again (laughs) so shout out to sparky and the sparks for hooking me up with those tickets i just had great seats for all of the action sparky was amazing super talented i mean that guy's crazy yeah he stopped to take picture while he passed me like i wasn't sure how to go about this like oh take sparky take picture with my mascot ring and then he i knew he had like a promo to get to but you always see him walking with security guard or, or someone like that looks important with a spark shirt on or like a team logo shirt on and yeah but he came back real quick and he and he took pictures so that was cool josie and joe bruin were there from ucla so that was pretty cool. And Bailey was there and then Rampage came out. It was crazy loud. The energy, it was day camp day, you guys. Oh my gosh, I should brought my earplugs. I, I mean, I thought about it, but I didn't remember. I was like ring stickers, like camera, like or cell phone, whatever. And like ID, because I usually never carry like a purse around. I try not to carry a purse, but anyways, I know it's like in all the pictures that I post, but usually like I just stick things like in my pockets. So so yeah, I forgot my earplugs and oh my gosh, there is no energy like kid energy, day camp energy. I know because I work day camp and so yeah, it was just a ton of fun and then I had to go to work and then I was like, oh, but anyways, and then, oh my gosh, I have been trying to take a picture with moonchester or moonbeam i don't care which one like one of them both of them i don't care they would be one of my first international like mascots i guess i don't know and i guess it doesn't have to be them i just like them because they're aliens and i guess i i'm i kind of favorite aliens because of cosmo but i think they're cute they're funny looking and they're this nice blue so i just found out that they were 20 minutes like away from me and so i went and i knew they weren't going to be there but i was like oh like i don't know it's like whatever like (laughs) i'll try we'll see i thought i was following manchester city but i wasn't and then i saw bruce productions like post that he was down the street and there was mascots and i was like what oh my gosh i was like i'll do editing and stuff later (laughs) and my homework for my dumb yoga class oh my gosh and yeah so i ran down there but there was nothing so there was like a banner with 
moonchester on there and like a video like in this dome thingy i don't know i was being stupid if you follow me on facebook yeah you saw that i was being dumb and like dancing with them in the background but i tried i tried and i don't think i'm i don't want to spend like money going to that game like if because i'm not gonna get there early like i work that daily play at the coliseum on wednesday but i work that day and who knows how it's gonna go so but yeah thank you to my producer for just up and going (laughs) down the street to the boys and girls club and yeah and not giving me crap about like even your stupid mascot stuff thank you thank you producer so those are my two mascot adventures i haven't made anything this summer and i'm really disappointed (laughs) i was like yeah i'm gonna make a ton of stuff i'm gonna make my costume for the renaissance fair and i'm gonna i don't know make cool mascot stuff and i haven't been inspired to like do anything and I hadn't been had the time. I barely like fixed some pants and stuff. I needed to add some pockets to my pants because I bought these pants that were like, super cheap. It's really hard to find work appropriate stuff for work. So like shorts. So anyways, I found these like really cheap shorts and they were appropriate length and but they didn't have a pocket and I need my pockets as I mentioned before. So I had to like add pockets onto them. And But yeah, I think I'm going to make a visor for Cosmo, whether he gets back to me or not, probably just make it. So I saw someone like the the badger post like some visor that he made and I was like, hey, I could totally do that, but I won't use tape and cardboard. I'll use foam and like actually sew some fabric on there. So I'll probably be posting pictures of that and add that to my resume of weird hats that I make for mascots. So that's pretty much it. Stay tuned for next week's episode where we'll have Casey Wolf on the show. I'm really looking forward to putting that one out follow me on mascot diaries on facebook on twitter on instagram again if you'd like to be on the show help me get to 40 (laughs) uh it's contact at mascotdiaries.com and as always thank you for listening and take care